Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Well, hey, theme verse for this series has been found in Isaiah 43, and our theme verse has been, get, been this, forget the former things. Forget the former things, but do not dwell on the past. God is doing a new thing. So for the past couple of weeks, we've just been trying to encourage our church that God is doing a new thing. That as you head into this season, as you head into 2022, we want you to have the faith that God wants to do something new in your life. That God doesn't want your life to look the same way it did at the end of 2021, but he actually may want to do some new things in your life this year. There may be some new things he wants to do in your job, some new things he wants to do in your marriage, some new things he wants to do in your parenting. And so last week we said, but you can't put the new in old wineskins. And so sometimes to take hold of something, we said this last week, that sometimes we need to let go. We need to let go of some things so we can take hold of some things. And so if you didn't listen to last week's message, I encourage you to do so, that there are things in all of our lives sometimes that we just need to let go of. We need to say, you know what, I'm just choosing not to bring that forward into this year. And as you let go of some things, your arms get free for something new. I'm just believing that God has some big things for you to carry this year. And in doing so, it's gonna radically change your life for the better. It's gonna help you be more fully alive than ever before, help you be more on mission than ever before, but in order to do so, we just got to let go so we can take hold. I have a question today as we continue on along that train of thought, and the question is this. What do you think the difference is between those that live a fulfilled life and those that don't? What do you think the difference is between those that have really great relationships and those that don't? Those that are really strong financially or those that are, that are fulfilled in life that wake up every day thinking, you know what, life is just good. Those that are just in love with life. What do you think the difference is between those people and really the rest of the world? Why is it that there's some that, that, that struggle financially and some that struggle relationally and some that, that feel empty and some that don't feel fulfilled? What's the difference? Well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not intelligence. I don't think it's just talent. I don't think it's just appearance. Why? Because we've all seen smart people that are miserable. We've all seen talented people that are broke. Can I get an amen? We've all seen attractive people that can't hold a relationship. So it can't just be your talent, your skills, your wit, your abilities. No, what's the difference? What's the difference between those that are fulfilled and those that are not? What's the difference between the seasons in your life where you're fulfilled and the seasons in your life where you're not? The seasons in your life where you feel like, you know what, everything's, you know, to the up and the left, you know, up and to the left, and it's just going great, and I feel like things are pushing ahead, and when you talk about from this day on and forgetting what's behind and moving forward and pressing forward, man, I feel like this is a good year. Well, here's what I've learned, and there's so many things we could say about this, but I I have learned one of the most significant differences between those that maybe do live fulfilled and those that maybe do not. It really all boils down to this. It's decisions. That every day in life, we, we have decisions to make. 
All of us, no matter who you are in this room, no matter what you do for a living, no matter how young you are or old you are, whether you're a teenager in high school or whether you're a senior getting ready to retire. I'm sorry, all the seniors in the room. I didn't mean to offend you uh, in calling you senior. Um, sorry, lighten up, everybody. <laughs> Moving on. Here's what I've learned about the decisions. The quality of your decisions ultimately determines the quality of your life. See, those that really live a life that is fulfilled and those that live a life that maybe isn't so fulfilled, I think there's a direct connection between the quality of their decisions. See, your decisions that, that you make ultimately make you. But you make the decisions. And so you make your decisions, but your decisions make you. But the problem is, we're not great decision makers. I mean, you may be, but there's times in my life where I just fail. I just don't make the right decision, right? You want to eat right. You know you should, but then you, you don't because the donut just tastes so good. You want to save and you want to have good stewardship and you don't want to buy things you can't afford, but then, you know, you make that impulse buy. You want to do right, but you say things you regret. You want to make good decisions, but sometimes you don't. You want to love people, but sometimes you hurt them. And so our decisions, they just, they really matter. Yeah. And why is it that we struggle with decisions and are we the only ones? Well, the answer is no. We're all together in this and the scripture are, are, is really full of people that struggled with this as well. You know, as I look at the life of Paul in Romans chapter seven, it's so funny. Paul says this, he said, I've discovered this principle of life. I love this. He just boils it down. He says that sometimes when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. This is like my life verse, everybody. Sometimes I want to do right. I want to get skinny, but man, that hamburger is so good. I got a flat top. I want to make a smash burger. Cook it in the grease. Add the bacon. Put the mayo on. I want to fast, but it's day 15 and I'm hangry. And Paul is saying, I've learned this principle of life that sometimes I want to do right, but I inevitably do bad. I want to live a life free from sin, but sin is like knocking on my door at every corner. And it's this tug of war that ultimately the life of every believer, I think, struggles with. That it's not just in our decisions about, you know, whether or not we're going to eat this or spend that, that sometimes there's this real tug of war that's going on between like, should I make this godly decision or should I not? And there's an enemy that's like over here pulling you. And then there's the word of God trying to lead you and you're just caught in the middle. And in the middle is the decisions that you make and they can be so tough. We struggle with decisions. I think we struggle with decisions. Um, let me give you four things, four reasons why I think most of us maybe don't make great decisions. The first is this, we're just overwhelmed with choices. Isn't that true? In fact, sociologists say this, that every day we're making about 35,000 decisions. That's crazy. 
That nonstop, all day long, we're thinking about what to wear, what to eat, what to say, you know, what show to binge, uh, what to scroll. Do I scroll through Reels? Do I scroll through Facebooks? Am I on TikTok? Am I on Facebook? You know, whatever it is. And what happens is our decision-making muscle is making so many decisions that I think often we get decision fatigue. In fact, that's what cognitive scientists actually say when they think about the decisions that we're making throughout the day, that we make so many that we're living in a world that so many decisions are having to be made that we get decision fatigue. And so as our volume of decisions increase, what happens is our quality of decisions often decrease because we make hard decisions all day. I mean, think about it. You go to work, you kill it at work, you make hard decisions all day long. And so when you come home, you just want to binge and, you know, eat what you want to do. You don't want to think about another decision. It's just easier to, what, veg out. And so some of us, we're just, we're overwhelmed. And then other times, it's this, that we're just afraid of making the wrong choice. I mean, life is so full of choices, and it's like, oh my gosh, I got to find the perfect school, and I got to find the perfect job, and this job isn't fulfilling me, and there's some dreamy thing out there, and so I've got I've to take the right step, and get the right house, and get the right marriage, and get the right car, and it's like all of these things. It's, there's so many decisions, and sometimes we're like freaking out because we think, well, what if we make the wrong choice? And so sometimes we're faced with this difficulty of making decisions because we're worried what if it's the wrong thing? And you know what that leads to? Well, that leads to us just overanalyzing all of our choices. Oh, I hit a nerve there. That's where we all are. So glad. Thank you, God, for speaking to me on that one. We just overanalyze everything. We're not sure what choice to make, so we just don't make any choice. Anybody out there? Well, you're like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just not going to do anything right now. Lord, Jesus, take the wheel. Right? Because I'm not doing it anymore. But you know what I've learned? Indecision is a decision. And indecision is my enemy to progress. It's, it's the enemy for me living a life that's moving ahead and taking hold of the new. Indecision, you might as well just live your hand, you know, or live with your hand back here holding on to the past. And so sometimes that happens. And when that happens, it's like a, you know, a progression. We're overwhelmed. We're afraid. We overanalyze. And then what do we do? We just let our emotions take over. It's like, okay, God, um, I, I know logic says when my child upsets me to be patient, but it's so much easier to yell. Okay, God, I know when temptation comes, logic says to make a wise choice, but my emotions say you deserve it. It's been a long, hard year. And so often we make emotional decisions and, man, those things can hurt us. I mean, anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand, but you made a choice out of how you felt and then you got to the end of the year and you're like, wow, I lived all year long by my feelings. And because of that, I made a lot of dumb decisions. I felt it in the moment, so I just said it. I felt it in the moment, so I just did it. But what I found is one of the best ways that we can live from this day on looking ahead is to learn when it comes to our decisions to decide now what we'll do later. Right. To decide today how we're going to act when the situation comes or the thing we're faced with. And as followers of Christ, I think a principle that we can learn to apply to our life 
is found in Proverbs chapter 16. And here's what it says in Proverbs 16, verse number three. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do. I wonder what it would look like this year in 2022 if you just committed to the Lord whatever it is that you do. And guess what the Bible says? And he will establish your plans. What if this year you committed your dating decisions to the Lord? Single people, seriously, if, if when it comes to dating, you just said, you know what, I'm going to commit these decisions to the Lord. I'm going to commit my progress to the Lord. You know, if I do have one or I don't have one, I'm not going to let it freak me out and then cause me to make a dumb decision and like date somebody I shouldn't date or do something I shouldn't do or go make a mistake I shouldn't make. No, I'm just going to commit these decisions to God. What it look like as parents? If we said this year, I'm going to commit my parenting decisions to the Lord, what school I should put them in, what college they should go to, how I raise them. You know, I just, I, I'll commit those things to him. What if we learn to commit our financial decisions? So many people on cards, and we prayed for them a while ago, saying, this is the year I hope I can get out of debt. Well, I tell you, one of the best ways to get out of debt is to commit your financial decisions to the Lord. To say, okay, Lord, help me manage money. Show me how to make wise choices. How should I live with that in mind? And so I don't need to tell you those things. You need to go to God and seek those things and say, God, I commit these things to you. Now help me. I commit my job decision to you. Some of you, you're thinking right now, should I take this job or should I not? Should I quit this job or should I not? Well, I wonder how many situations we end up in and we're miserable and we're angry and we're frustrated or maybe we try to jump ahead and it's the wrong season or we're you know, trying to do things in the wrong timing and then we get frustrated and we're like, God, you're not doing anything and God, you're not opening the door and God, where are you? And he's like, if you would have just committed this decision to me. If you would have brought this to me, I would have given you peace. I would have told you when to take a step and when to stand still. I would have told you, you know, I might have opened a door for you, you know. We just learned to say, God, here's my decision. I give it to you. And so I wonder what it would look like if with God's help, we said, okay, God, we're going to determine that our course of action before we ever make a decision is to give it to you, to commit it to you. In other words, here's, here's what it looks like practically. When faced with blank, I will what? When faced with a situation, I will take this action. When faced with a job challenge, I will, that, that we would go to God and say, okay, God, when faced with this, how would you have me respond? And so maybe for you, it's like this financial situation. You're trying to get out of debt. And so you determine, okay, when I'm faced with the fact that something is on sale and God surely must want me to have it, because it's on sale, I will wait three days. Look at my finances. Manage my money God's way. When faced with a decision to worry, when faced with the decision to be anxious, I won't go to the bottle. I won't go to the wrong people. No, I'll cast all my cares on the Lord. I'll bring them to him. When faced with the decision, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'll pray for him. Lord, 
Help them go to heaven. Don't send them to, you know, whatever. It's just a pre-decision to act the right way. See, it really all comes down to your values. But, you know, as you look at Scripture, so many people, I think, live this way, just open-handed with their decisions, saying, God, it's not my life, but it's your life. And I'm going to determine in advance how I'm going to respond by committing my life to you and hoping that the right decisions will follow. You look at Genesis chapter 22 and you see the life of Abraham and Abraham long before he was ever faced with some challenging situations just said, okay, God, I commit my life to you and you're trustworthy. I think that's why in Genesis 22, when God comes to him and say, says, hey, Abraham, I want you to take Isaac. Isaac was his son that he had waited for all of this time and I want you to go sacrifice him without questioning, without you know, debating God, without saying, God, are you sure? We don't see any of that play out. We just see him say, okay, Isaac, let's go. I mean, what kind of father could look at his only son and walk him up a mountain and say, God will provide. I don't know what's gonna happen. But I made a decision a long time ago that even though it doesn't make sense, I'll trust you, God. So Abraham led him up a hill with just this thing inside of him that says, this makes no sense, but I trust God. And we see God provide. We see in Ruth chapter one, Ruth making this strong commitment to Naomi, just saying, no matter what, where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. We see Daniel in Daniel chapter one, him and his friends, they're taken to a foreign land and they're brainwashed. And, you know, these, these people say, you want you to eat the food we eat and do what, you know, we do and all this stuff. And Daniel's able to look at him and he's able to say no, because in Daniel chapter one, verse number eight, it says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. See, long before the choice was ever put in front of him, he determined what his values were and how he would respond in a moment. And so here Daniel is, and he's made, he, he, he ultimately is able to make a decision that's not based on feelings, because he knows what, what he values. See, when you know who you are and what you value, you can move into a new year, I think, making a whole lot better decisions. And so maybe the question for you today is this, what do you value? What do you value? What do you want to be be known by? What do you want to commit to? What are the things in your life that you say, this is where the rubber meets the road. These are the things that I value. You might say, well, this year I wanna value integrity. I wanna live a life of integrity, always doing the right thing, even when, when, it, when it's easier to not. I wanna value faithfulness. I'm not gonna bail when it gets hard. I'm not gonna quit on God when I don't understand it and I can't figure it all out and I don't have all the right answers. I'm gonna value purity in that moment where it's a Friday night and we're alone in the apartment and there's a choice to act one way. No, I'm just gonna choose purity. I'm gonna value love. And so when there's a situation in front of me, no, I choose love. I choose, I'm gonna act in love. I wanna value generosity and so I don't live a life of selfishness to say it's all about me and it's all about getting and it's all about what I can have. No, it's saying from this day on, I'm gonna value some things. See, what would happen if from this day on, that, that you decided your values would be clear. See, because what happens when your values are clear, your decisions are a whole lot easier. You're gonna face decisions. 
16-year-old, 17-year-old student in this room, you're going to face decisions. Mom, dad, you're going to face decisions. I mean, life is full of them. You're making 35,000 of them a day. And so you better have some values. You better have some things in your life that say, when the decision comes, it's going to be easy to make a choice because I know what I value. When your values are clear, your decisions become so much easier. Here's how that plays out. See, it's like saying this, from this day on, when faced with temptation, I value purity and self-control. Some of you, you've been struggling with temptation. Maybe you've been struggling with things like pornography or premarital sex or all these things that are so difficult. And you say, you know what, this year, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just fight against that. No, I'm gonna value the right things. I'm gonna learn to value self-control. I'm gonna learn to crucify my flesh. I'm gonna learn to, to give my desires over to the Lord so I can value purity. I can value having a clean heart and a pure hand. I mean, you know, what would it look like? What would it look like when you face disappointment? You just said, you know what? I value trusting God and remaining steadfast. God, all hell is breaking out around me. The storms are raging, but I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna remain. I'm not gonna bail. I'm gonna be steadfast even when it doesn't make sense. And for some of you, one of the best things you can determine in 2022 is to just live a life of steadfastness, to say, God, I'm not going to quit on you because you don't quit on me. Maybe when you're faced with a financial issue this year, you would value generosity and good stewardship. You wouldn't live a life always with the pressures. Listen, guys, the pressures of debt is overwhelming. It is overwhelming to have a mountain of debt in your life. And God didn't call you to live an overwhelmed life. He's called you to live a life of generosity. And you can begin to live that life of generosity when you begin to be a good steward of what he's given you and manage money honestly God's way. And so you need to begin seeking out, God, what are the things that you would have me do? Some values I could have to help this out. What if from this day on, when you're faced with a marital issue, you choose love and commitment? You just got staying power. That when the the going gets tough, you don't bail again. When the going gets tough, you don't threaten divorce. When the going gets tough, you don't say, I need a break. No, there's commitment. You said, I do, and it was forever. And you're willing to work through the hard things. You're willing to work through the challenges. And I'm not talking about abusive situations. I'm talking about the things that ultimately it's just like, she said this and I did this. And you know, some of the things that really boils down to we all just want what we want. And so we just say, no, I'm gonna choose love. When they say the wrong thing, I'm gonna love them. When they don't act the way that I want to, I'm gonna still choose to love her. Because I, I value the commitment I made. And so, you might say, well, that's incredibly hard. It really is. It's really hard to live this life if you do it the world's way. See, the world would say, when the going gets tough, quit. When the going gets tough, if somebody stabs you in the back, don't come with love, stab them back. And so how do you do this? How do you, how do you, how do you make these good decisions? Well, I think it starts here. I love what scripture says, this fix your attention on God. 
I think this is where it starts. We'd go into 2022 saying, God, I got a lot of choices to make and a lot of decisions, and so I'm fixing my attention on you because you're who can change me from the inside out. You can change the desires in here and the values in here and the things that are in here to make the right things come out here. That I'm gonna readily recognize what you want from me. I'm gonna, what? Commit my plans to you. And as I commit them to you, I'm gonna be quick to respond to it. I'm not gonna overanalyze God's word. I'm not gonna overanalyze what I know I should do because it's so clear here. I wonder how many times we're overanalyzing the wrong thing. God's given us a clear, easy choice and we're sitting through. It's like, you know, at, at home at nighttime. Anybody ever been there? You're trying to figure out what to watch. You know, you want to start the new series on Netflix and you overanalyze for 40 minutes. And then you watch nothing. And God's like, stop overanalyzing this like you're figuring out what to watch on Netflix and just like, here it is, it's clear. Just be quick to respond to it. Your decisions will get easier. Or you can do the opposite. You can do like the culture around you, always dragging you down to their level of immaturity. But God wants to bring the best out of you. The best, the very best out of you. Why? So he can develop some well-formed maturity in you. Man, I pray that you would, you would get developed this year when it comes to your decisions, that God would mature you so you'd be able to make wise, healthy, God-honoring decisions. Because here, here's the deal. When your values are clear, your decisions are easier. And so God, help me value the right things. So let me have you think about one more thing, and then I'm going to give you just three quick, real quick takeaways. If your life moves in the direction of your decisions, do you like the direction your life is moving? And if you don't, this year, may you commit your plans to the Lord and let him establish your life. When your values are clear, your decisions will be so much easier. And so let me give you three things that I think you should value this year. Three things I think that you can place a value on that in doing so, I think will help make some decisions easier. Because we just read a minute ago that part of this whole process is fixing our attention on God. And so there are, some, there are some clear things in the word of God that I, I think that God establishes that says, if you do this, it'll help you. It really will. So the first thing I think you can decide to value this year is your relationship with the church. The Bible says that this, you are members of God's own family and you belong in God's house. Man, this year, let me just encourage you, you belong in the house of God. Engage in the house. Don't just come to church. Engage with church. Don't just come to church. Get involved in church. Don't just take notes because I told you to take notes, but lean into it. That you'd, you'd get engaged. You'd worship when it's time to worship. 
may say, well, I'm not really a worshiper. Well, being a worshiper isn't a style or a preference. It's actually a demand in the scripture. So I didn't feel like it, but I'm going to do it. That you'd show up. I wonder what it would look like this year if you said, God, I'm committing my whole year to you. My whole year. I'm just going to be there when the doors are open. And let me tell you, this isn't a selfish thing for me to say. This is not coming from a place of I need you here so we can count you here. This is coming from a place of I want you to live a life fully alive. And the world is so hard. And your decisions are going to be so tough. And we're praying every week for everyone that stands in this pulpit that we would just give you some tools and we would give you some some things that can equip you in a way that will help you have better values, will help you make better decisions. And so I think you can commit to deciding to value the church. The second is this, would you decide to value your relationship with godly friends? It's gonna be really hard to make godly decisions always allowing ungodly people to be the loudest voice in your life. Hear my heart. What I did not say is move out all your ungodly friends. Light needs to shine bright in darkness. So I didn't say dump them. I said, just don't let them be the loudest. You need some godly friends that you choose to let in this year to be really loud in your life. Why? Because iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. And so are you allowing somebody to sharpen you in a good way or a bad way? Is your ax getting sharper or is it getting duller? You need some godly friends. Students, you need some godly friends. I'm not saying leave your circle of influence, but you need to allow some others into it that are speaking the right things, valuing the right things. You're gonna have a whole lot of you know, heartache trying to live a life of purity if you're around everybody that doesn't wanna live pure. Sir, you're gonna have a whole hard time being faithful in your marriage if all the guys around you are getting a divorce. You just, you gotta value the right people in your life that are making good decisions. And as you get around godly people, iron can sharpen iron. And I can look at you and say, don't quit, get steadfast. Don't quit, I can see this in you. That's a dumb decision, do that. And so, so our values can grow when we're around the right people. And then lastly, I think this, you just should decide above all else to value your relationship with God. Because if you look for him wholeheartedly this year, you'll find him. You'll find him. He's here. It's the last week of 21 days of prayer. Maybe you haven't been. Man, come join us. 6 a.m. in the morning. We're done by 6.40. Say, God, I may not have been able to make it the first 15 days, but I'll make it the, the last seven. I'd be thinking, I can. I got a job, I work. Get up on your own and value your time with God in the morning. Commit 30 or 40 minutes on your own. Wake up a little early. Value your walk with God. Open your Bible this year. Learn to worship this year. Start to pray this year. Commit to just honoring God with your whole life. Let it be your best year spiritually. And when you do, man, I think you'll live a life where you experience that God wants to do a new thing 
and the new that he wants to do in your life may be tied to your willingness to let go of some old and your ability to make wise, godly decisions every day that are pre-decided by the values in which God has for you to live by. Can I pray for you? If you're in here today and you're far from God and you would say, you know what? The decision I need to make today is to give my life to Christ. I give you an opportunity to do so. See, long before you ever decided on him, he decided on you. Thank God for that. We serve a loving God who gave up his one and only son so that you could have life and life to the full. And the Bible says that if you call in the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And so I'm not gonna have you come down to the front. I'm just gonna have you simply raise up a hand and surrender and call on him here in a moment to just raise a hand and say, Jesus, I give it to you. And so if that's you, hand's already going up. Would you just slip up a hand today if you're like, you know what, today's the day. I'm giving my life to Christ. Let's see your hands. Thank you so much. You can put those hands down. Thank you back in the back. If you just made that decision to say today, thank you, God, for calling me. I call on you now. I want you, you to just pray this prayer with me. Would you just say, Heavenly Father, today I give you all of me for all of you. I confess you're my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sins. Now, God, help me to, to decide from this day on to live a life where I'm putting you first in all I do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, I love you guys. You received the word today. I hope it helped you a little bit. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.